0: Hi, this is Julie, thanking you for stopping by this fantasy podcast from 3rd Flatiron in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, I know I always lead off with how we're based in paradise, er, Colorado. But for the first time, we're presenting a truly Colorado kind of short story. If you own a pair of Birkenstocks, you'll definitely know what I mean. Our story's called Wind Chimes, by Sean O'Day. Sean is a graduate of the University of Colorado, Boulder, and he's also a former Navy lieutenant and Denver police officer. He's now teaching at an all-girls school in Centennial. Sean's first novel, called Peacemakers, is available at Amazon, with a sequel coming soon. To find out more about his work, see the interview posted along with this podcast containing information about his website. Third Flatiron is pleased to podcast work from this rising new talent, which first appeared in the anthology Ain't Superstitious. For more podcasts from Third Flatiron, check out our website at thirdflatiron.com and subscribe to our feed. And now, here's Wind Chimes, read by Ryan Marshall.
1: It doesn't look much like mashed potatoes, but with the care and attention with which it was slung, I'm sure it will taste better than it looks. The overly gracious volunteers who serve it have a tendency to smile too much. Probably because they don't want us all to figure out just how unsanitary the food here really is. You might assume a lot of things by looking at me here with my warm meal and charitably donated clothing, but if I told you my actual story, you probably wouldn't believe me. Picture a two-story house at the top of a cul-de-sac in a charming suburban neighborhood. Inside, you will find my lovely wife, Lisa, and our two wonderful children, James and Samantha. No dogs. I'm allergic to dogs. The attached garage houses an obnoxiously large SUV and a small but efficient hybrid. My lawn? It's impeccable. By far the greenest on the block. What was my secret? Saving the fresh-cut mulch from the mower bag and sprinkling it on top of the browning spots. How did I afford all this? corporate auditing for a prestigious software firm. Admittedly, I'm the guy with the loosened tie hanging off the coffee-stained shirt that my wife forgot to iron. I am the guy in the office who women never flirt with, and the guy who always manages to burn his popcorn in the break room's microwave. I work my ass off. Why? To earn the bonus that takes my family on vacation every year. One Saturday in August, a fight with my wife over the broken garbage disposal snowballed into a fight over my utter incompetence as a human being. Eventually, she shooed me out the door. And locked it. Hey, Rob, my neighbor said as he closed the trunk of his glistening red BMW. "Hey, Heya, Rich. Uh, What's up? Well, work has me pretty busy these days. His perfectly groomed hair refused to move as he nodded to his license plate that read New VP. Oh, uh, right, that big promotion. I forgot. Dick. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I should probably tell you, we'll most likely be moving next spring. He pointed, subtly, to the gated neighborhood on the hill. I nodded. Their proximity kept my property values higher. Wow, that's really great. Dick. Rich's wife interrupted us. She managed to kiss him passionately despite her oversized designer sunglasses. Oh, hey, Rob. Rich's wife finally acknowledged me. Hi, Margaret, I replied, noticing her low-cut running top. I'm quite certain she never ran. Rob, how long have we known each other? Call me Meg. Sorry, yeah. Well, sweetheart, Rich continued, why don't you head down to the country club? I'll catch up with you later. She flinched as he squeezed her backside. Okay, I interjected. I'm heading down to the hardware store, so I'll see you later. Dick. With every step down the aisles of the hardware megastore, my temper subsided. I always viewed such places as a sort of sanctuary, a place where even a corporate auditor could seem macho. After perusing countless aisles, I inadvertently ended up in the garden department. There, I noticed a sale on wind chimes. After testing countless models, I decided on the midsize Lakeshore Melody in the key of D. The chimes dinged as I pulled them out of the trunk of my car. Hey, man. Jim said, walking across the street. He wore his crisp white socks and Birkenstock sandals. Nice wind chimes. He arrived in my driveway and adjusted his gray ponytail. Hey, Jimbo, how are you? Where are you going to put that thing, Rob? Because, you know, Jim pointed all around, it's all about the feng shui. Are you really interested in how I arrange my furniture? Jim laughed. No, man, feng shui isn't just about your furniture. It's about man's interaction with the universe, how the elements of heaven and earth flow through our everyday lives. You want a beer, Jim? Yeah, man. I handed Jim the wind chimes and disappeared into the garage. I returned to the driveway with our usual folding chairs and two cans of cold beer. We sat in our familiar driveway setup, beers perspiring in our seats built-in cup holders. Where'd you put the wind chimes? Jim pointed to the lone ornamental tree, the focal point of my prize-winning lawn. The wind chimes hung silently from a lower branch, the wooden pendulum dancing subtly within its musical prison. Not sure that's what I had in mind, Jim. Jim took another swig from his beer and belched quietly into his hand. No, no, that's what you want. You see, it redirects the flow of the negative chi that's flooding in your front door. Jim's hands snaked through the air, mimicking the path of the chi. Haven't you been noticing more negativity in your house lately? Don't lie, either. I've been noticing you and Lisa fighting more. The trials and tribulations of marriage, Jim. I'm sure you remember what that was like. No, it's more than that. Ever since they built the community pool up the street, it seems like the flow of negative chi was redirected. Jim leaned over and hit my arm. Think about it, man. They built that pool in June, which rerouted all the negative and positive chi that flowed into this very cul-de-sac. And look what happened. Richie Rich here gets a big new promotion. What's her face? The neglectful mother wins a big alimony suit over her ex husband. And you and Lisa start having marital problems. I'm telling you, man, it's all feng shui. He paused again to gulp his beer and adjust his cargo shorts. Wind chimes are an essential element in directing qi. If you hang them there, it should reroute the flow of all negative energy, thus promoting more positive energy to enter your house. You should notice improvements. Where does the negative chi go? Jim did some impromptu calculations. I guess it funnels it around to Rich's place, man. So Rich is going to have all the negative chi now? I couldn't help but laugh at the assumption. Robert, Lisa appeared. She wore her old college sweatshirt with her dark brown hair and a tight ponytail, a telltale sign she had spent the afternoon deep cleaning the house. I'm sorry I got so angry at you earlier. I'm just stressed out about getting this house ready for James's birthday party. Yeah, I'm sorry, too. Hey, Lisa, Jim interjected. Hi, Jim. Well, I'll let you boys finish whatever it is you were doing. Did you want me to grab you more beers? Yeah, sure, honey. Two more beers would be great. Lisa grabbed two beers from the garage fridge and shuttled them to us before going back inside. You see, Jim said as he cracked open another beer. The positive chi is working already, man. I leaned over the kitchen counter basking in the morning sunlight and watched the coffee slowly drip into the pot. I could hear the kids watching TV. Familiar arms caressed me from behind. Last night was wonderful, Lisa whispered. I smiled in remembrance. Lisa kissed me. Hey, how about breakfast? Scrambled eggs, toast, and crispy bacon just the way you like it? Great. I'll grab the paper and see what the kids want. I made my way through the living room where my children lay sprawled out in pajamas hypnotized by a cartoon. "'Dad,' James said, his eyes never leaving the television. "'Something's wrong with the neighbors.' "'Yeah, okay,' I replied as I grabbed the front doorknob. "'Listen, your mother is cooking us all breakfast this morning. Do you kids want anything special?' "'I want pancakes!' Samantha raised her hand. "'Pancakes. Check.' I opened the front door. I heard the familiar sounds of birds chirping, dogs barking, and sprinklers running. I bent over to pick up the paper and noticed Rich's front lawn littered with everything that should have been in his closet. The surrounding hedge seemed to be flowering with expensive shirts and ties, while custom golf clubs littered the lawn. Whoa. A few houses down, Jim came walking out of his garage in his trademark white shirt tucked into beltless khaki cargo shorts, ready to trim his own hedges. Jim! I whispered loudly while scurrying down the cul-de-sac in my bathrobe. Jim, look what happened! Morning, Rob. What's going on? Jim said, focused on his bushes. Look at Rich's house, man. Jim tipped his sunglasses down. Looks like Richie Rich got evicted. Jim, I pointed. Did we do that? What do you mean? With the whole redirecting negative chi thing? That's exactly what I mean, Jim. Well, it's hard to say. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, if the energy flows were changed, we could have catalyzed things. Maybe made his actions more apparent to... Jim looked at the lawn again. Meg? That's great, Jim. We decide to mess with the natural order of things, and we end up ruining Rich's life? Are you kidding me? Well, Rob, the guy is kind of an asshole, Jim said. Besides, that bad energy could still be flowing into your house. No, you know what? This is coincidental. I'm not buying any of this flowing energy stuff. I'm sorry. I started walking back to my house. Jim yelled when I was halfway home. Hey, you want to drink some beer later? I'll be out after breakfast, I yelled back. Jim was already sitting in my driveway. My chair was set up with an unopened beer in the cup holder. How was breakfast? Jim asked. Really good, actually. I got a view of Rich's trashed lawn as I sat down. So listen, Rob. I thought about our conversation earlier, and I think I found the perfect remedy. Really? Does it entail removing the wind chimes from my tree because they look ridiculous there? No, Jim pointed to Rich's front porch. A small decorative mirror framed with wood hung to the side of the front door. A mirror? Mirrors are vital to Feng Shui. They can deflect negative chi. So earlier I grabbed an old mirror I had laying around in my garage and hung it on their porch. You're kidding, right? Nope, problem solved. Good she for everyone. You smoke entirely too much weed. Rich tiptoed out to his lawn and began cleaning up all his belongings. Oh, hey there, guys. Sorry about the mess this morning, he finally said. Oh, no problem, Rich, I replied. Jim lifted his beer can. No worries, man. Yeah, well, you know, Meg, Rich laughed. So, you know... Sorry about the mess here. I'll get it all cleaned up. Jim and I swung our head in unison as Meg came strutting through the front door. Hi, honey, she said. Rich stopped his cleaning to kiss his wife. Passionately. Dick. She finally pulled away. Oh, hey, Jim. Thanks again for the mirror. I think it looks really great in that space. Yeah, that's no problem, Meg, Jim yelled. Are you kidding me? I whispered to Jim. Am I supposed to believe now that because they have some little mirror on their porch, their lives got better? Pretty much. That's feng shui, dude. By the time we finished our second round of beers, the cul-de-sac came alive with lawnmowers, the operators marching up and down their lawns like a suburban drill team. So Jim, I'm confused, I said, watching all the mowers being exchanged for weed whackers. Where is all the negative chi being deflected now? Yeah, kind of in that direction he pointed. I think. No worries, though. I sped down the neighborhood parkway after a long day at work. I white-knuckled the steering wheel and neglected my constantly vibrating cell phone in the passenger seat. The nine missed calls were no doubt Lisa reminding me that I was missing James's 11th birthday. As the sun set, I finally pulled into my cul-de-sac. Unfortunately, a black Mercedes blocked my driveway. As a matter of fact, a multitude of fancy cars forced me to park in the only empty spot down the street. I grabbed my briefcase and walked over to Rich's open garage, filled with cigar smoke. Hey, Rich! I yelled. Do you mind having someone move the Mercedes blocking my driveway? Rich excused himself from the well-dressed crowd. Rob, how are you, buddy? Rich intercepted me in his driveway and put his arm around me. Listen, I got some serious clients and fellow executives here tonight for a poker game. Do you mind just leaving your car in the street tonight? Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I realized he had subtly walked me back to the sidewalk. No, Rich. I want to park in my own garage, okay? Hey, you like cigars? I got a box of Arturo's in the house. How about it? No, I don't even smoke. Now move the car. Great. I'll send over the cigars tomorrow. Rich patted my back and began walking toward the garage. Thanks again, Rob. Dick. Robert, where have you been? I've been trying to call you. You're missing your son's birthday, and I can't handle all these boys by myself. Sorry, honey, I replied. I waited for Lisa to fall asleep before I snuck out of bed and made my way downstairs. I carefully stepped around eight boy-filled sleeping bags in the living room, then heard a familiar voice. Dad, what are you doing? Moving my car into the garage. Go back to sleep, James. I whispered. I walked over to Rich's front window. I peered into Rich's house like it was a fishbowl, gazing upon a school of pompous executives gathered around a table sipping fine scotch. Dicks. I took down the mirror from the side of Rich's front door. Seven o'clock in the morning, a house full of hungry boys, Lisa began mass-producing waffles, and I escaped the chaos by taking refuge in the garage. Eventually, I decided to peek out at Rich's lawn. It was clear. I walked down the driveway to retrieve the paper. I pretended to inspect it. Really, I looked for any sign of bad luck. All I found was Rich opening the door in a monogrammed robe. He walked out and waved. Morning, Rob! I nodded. Rich paraded toward his Wall Street Journal. He sighed deeply. You know what I love about good scotch, he said? It doesn't give you a hangover. Another figure appeared at Rich's front door. An older Asian woman stepped onto the porch and began shaking out a small rug. Rich noticed my attention. Oh, that's Sue Nguyen, our new maid. I smiled and waved, but the hawk-eyed house cleaner simply fixed her gaze on me. The wind chimes rang calmly and interrupted. Her gaze snapped to them. I spent most of the week researching feng shui at work. I decided it was bullshit, superstition, except for when I pulled up to my house that afternoon and exterminator's van was in the cul-de-sac. Rich was outside, talking to the green-uniformed pest controller. What do you mean you can't do anything? screamed Rich. I'm sorry, sir, but the black-tailed prairie dog is an endangered species. It would be illegal to trap or poison them. You gotta call the Division of Wildlife. Hey, Rich, everything okay? Goddamn prairie dog colony underneath my house! I swear these things just appeared overnight! Just as Rich finished his sentence, a chirping prairie dog ran across his lawn. I closed my front door just in time to hear the exterminator's van drive off. Lisa and the kids were peering out the living room window. Can you believe this? Lisa exclaimed. Prairie dogs! I mean, what awful luck! Yeah, I snickered. Rob? Hmm? Lisa looked at me sternly. Robert, did you do something to Rich and Meg's house? No, no, I swear, I didn't do anything. My son piped up. Then why did you steal his mirror, Dad? You stole his mirror? Lisa asked. Yeah, I I mean, no, not really. It's under the sink, Mom, James announced. Okay, look, I can explain. Kids, go upstairs, Lisa commanded. The ensuing fight led to me spending the night on the sofa with strict orders to return Rich's mirror in the morning. The sunlight flooded the living room and woke me up early. I snuck over to Rich's porch. Quietly, I rehung the mirror. Trying to straighten the damn thing, someone pulled back the curtains and startled me. The wizened Chinese face disappeared and promptly reappeared at the front door. You steal his mirror, the woman said. No, no, I was just returning it. Jeez, you startled me there. He no need mirror now. I hang up crystal instead. I turned to see the hanging string of crystal prisms in the window. Better off now. Better than with mirror. Gophers go away now. Now you go too. I walked down to Jim's house and knocked on the door. He answered out of breath, wearing only black yoga pants. Hey, man, what's up? Right. Hey, what do crystal prism things do in feng shui? Crystals? They're kind of weird. They can actually disperse and sometimes amplify the chi directed at them in multiple different directions. Why? Rich is made, man. She must know this stuff, too. She hung up a string of crystals on Rich's porch. Jim peeked out his front door. Huh, there's no telling where that negative chi is going now, man. Serious chi warfare. So, is my house okay? What do I do now? Listen, man, stop by later this afternoon. I'll figure something out. I went back to my house, where Lisa toiled in the kitchen. She remained emotionless. Honey, I'm sorry about last night. I returned the mirror this morning. Can you forgive me now? Your work called, Robert. You're supposed to call them back. On a Saturday? That's weird. The storm clouds engulfing the sunset mimicked my mood as I drove home from my last day of work. The company merged, and I got laid off, allegedly receiving a severance. All my shit sat in company-provided boxes in the back seat. I pulled into my cul-de-sac and noticed Jim out in his yard installing a fountain. I stopped and got out of my car. Jim, what are you doing? Look, man, I was doing some calculations, and I think those crystals are spreading the negative chi all over the cul-de-sac. This is my defense. A fountain? Water. It's another way to redirect chi. Water from the fountain blew into Jim's face as his ponytail flapped like a windsock. You should be okay, though, he yelled. Your wind chime should deflect most of it, too. Okay, I yelled back. Lightning flashed. Thunder cracked. I could feel raindrops as I ran back to my car where my cell phone was ringing. Yeah, hello, I yelled. Rob, it's Lisa. Hey, you know there's a storm moving in. Rob, I'm at my mother's house with the kids. I don't think our problems are getting any better right now. I looked up at my yard, phone to my ear. My wind chimes were missing. Fuck! I dropped the phone and rushed out. I barely made it to the garage when a bolt of lightning struck my roof. You, uh, gonna eat those mashed potatoes, friend? Asked the fellow homeless man next to me. I ran my spoon through them before making my decision. Yeah, man, you can have them. After taking the milk off, I slid my tray over. Thank you, friend. Good karma will surely come your way. Karma, huh? He took a bite of my mashed potatoes. You know, karma, the eternal cycle of cause and effect, the idea that good deeds will come back to you and bad ones. Well, you know. Yeah, I know, I said. Why don't you take my milk, too?
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from thirdflatiron.com. Original music by Disco Volante. Sound production was by Andrew Cairns.